Well, welcome to New Innings. My name is Darren, and I'll be your host today, as usual. We have our producer, Mariah, with us today, working the other side of the desk. Uh, say hi, Mariah. Hi, everyone. Nice to have you here today, Mariah. How are you feeling today, Mariah? You seemed a little down today. Are you okay? I'm, I'm doing good. I'm okay. always happy, right. you know, to be here. I was off um, over the weekend and off yesterday. Yesterday was actually my 26th birthday. Get out of here, really? Yeah. I wish I was 26 again. <laughs> so today kind of feels like Monday. I might have that Monday feeling going on. But. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, today we have Shannon from Ohio on the show, and uh, she'll be talking about uh, troubles with her childhood uh, sexual abuse uh, and an abusive husband and how alcohol and uh, drugs kind of played into that. Uh, we'll get to her in a second. But before we do that, Mariah, did you notice I'm wearing my uh, broken chains vest? I did. I noticed when I, I opened know. the door looking did sharp. <laughs> I know. I don't have any patches on it yet, but uh, I did promise everyone last week that I'd, I'd wear my vest every week, so I figured I'd better do that. You have to now. Yeah, I know. I signed my uh, covenant. We got everything in the mail. You know, It tells you how to put the patches on, all that kind of stuff. They have a covenant in there that uh, you know, you're committing to celebrate recovery and the, and the group and that type of thing. And so signed that. We ordered the patches. They're on the way. Won't be too long, and we'll be all patched up. It's exciting. I know. I know. I have one sad-looking one-color tattoo on my arm, which is kind of embarrassing, actually. But they let me in anyway. They didn't hold that against me, so so that's good. You got to get the press-on ones, get a whole sleeve. <laughs> there you go, yeah. I didn't think about that. That's excellent. All right. Uh, well, I know I'm not getting a motorcycle, not unless it has uh, four wheels, at least. You can borrow but, mine. Do they have four-wheel motorcycles? <laughs> no. I guess they wouldn't call them motorcycles, would they? Probably call them cars. All right, well, anyway, for all you uh, true Jesus-loving motorcycle enthusiasts out there, you should check out Broken Chains on their uh, Facebook page or on their website, Broken Chains JC. The JC stands for Jesus Christ, so brokenchainsjc.com. This is a great group of people, and they meet all over the United States. Uh, they all have two things in common. So they sure love their motorcycles, I can tell you that much. But man, do they love Jesus. For all of us non-riders, you can always be an associate member. Either way, you can be part of a great group, uh, great group of people, and uh, they're all looking to spread the word of Jesus Christ and celebrate recovery. So it's a great, great group to, to uh, look at. You ought to check into that. Well, Mariah, we added the Philippines this week. Really? How do you like that? Yeah, I know. I, that's what I said. We have uh, one group of 1,300 that's already listening to us, and another group I talked to a couple days ago that uh, is listening to this week, I think, and uh, they, they have about 600 in their group. They might be right behind them. We just need uh, more of our United States families to get on. We, uh, well, let me say this. If you're listening to this on our Facebook page, New Endings Radio, share the link on your own page. Join our Facebook group. We have a brand new Facebook group, New Endings Radio. You can share that. You can get us at, well, everything's called New Endings Radio, so you can't go wrong. You can go to the Facebook. You can go to the group. We're also on YouTube, Twitter, Podbean, LinkedIn, Tumblr, or Instagram. So there, you can't say you can't find us. New Endings Radio, that's pretty easy to find. But whenever you're there, just share the link. You've, you've heard me say it before. You never know what your neighbor's going, going through because they probably won't tell you. One push of the button could change a person's life. So do your part and, and just push the button. We're giving you the perfect opportunity 
to help someone without using any of your spare time. You don't have to sit down and make anything up. You don't have to write anything. You don't have to worry about the pressure of being wrong. All you got to do is just push the button and share it with someone. Let's get our our listeners up there. Although the we set an, every week we've set a record on new new listener, new record for us anyway. So every week we've increased. So I just need your help out there. A lot of people have joined the uh, Facebook group we started, and everybody's starting to invite everybody else. It's fantastic. Uh, everybody seems to be enjoying uh, New New Endings Radio, and it's because we're giving you a lot of good information, a lot of good stuff that you can share, and we're talking to real people. We're talking to Celebrate, celebrate Recovery people that uh, are all over the United States and soon to be, uh, hopefully get some of these people from other countries on. But it's amazing how it doesn't matter what part of the country that you uh, live in or what country you live in, all these hurts, habits, and hang-ups are the same thing. And every time we talk to someone... I talk to a lot of people, and I hear the same thing over and over and over in the, in the torture that we put on ourselves sometimes when we don't have to. So it's good to just kind of look and see how other people did it and what Celebrate Recovery can, can do for us. So in any case, let's go to Shannon from Ohio now. She's going to uh, tell us about uh, how Celebrate uh, Recovery helped her. Uh, welcome to the show, Shannon. Hello. Ah, there you are. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Usually we get a little bit of background because I know something about you, but nobody else out there listening does. So why don't you kind of uh, kind of give us a rundown on your life, go back uh, maybe when you are a kid or something, tell us how your childhood went, and we'll kind of take it from there. You know, Just uh, tell us a little bit about you. Okay. Um, first, I want to say congratulations on Broken Chains. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes. We had uh, uh, the Broken Chains people are so nice. We had like, uh, we posted our picture on there and we had like, yeah. uh, I think when I left work today, we we're at uh, 205 likes on there for our picture. These these folks are nice, let me tell you. Wow, well, they are great. They are great. Um, my sponsor is uh, part of that as well. Great. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, let's see. My childhood, I would say. Uh, it was pretty normal. Um, Mom stayed at home with me. Dad went to work. Um, relatively normal, except for uh, being abused as a child sexually uh, from the ages of 4 to 11. Who, who was responsible for that? My cousin. Oh, okay. So he... One of my cousins in a really big family that um, that we have. And okay. Has he ever said so anything to you was, in the last few years? That alone was bad enough. Cause yeah. Has he ever said anything to you about it? Uh, no. 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 We haven't talked about it now. Okay. All right. Well, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you. You're fine. Um, so, you know, from there, um, I was already feeling all sorts of ways about myself. Um, so as such a young child, I already was blaming myself, um, already filled with a lot of shame. I hated myself at such a young age. Um, so I did not have, you know, confidence or self-esteem or anything like that. Um, so I stayed pretty quiet and shy as a kid, um, went into school, um, was bullied because I was kind of awkward anyway and quiet. And I believed all the negative comments and name calling I got because I already didn't like myself. So I believed everything was true anyway, so that kind of just beat me down more and more. And um, well, it sounds as like I you went didn't on like, and uh, got older, uh, yeah. well, go ahead. 
I started looking for things that I shouldn't have for such a, a young child. Like, uh, I started searching for love, attention, validation from other people, from other boys. Sure. Well, your self-esteem was so low, you were trying to, trying to make yourself feel better. You know, I, I can certainly understand that. You beat yourself mm-hmm. up so much. You must not have liked... Uh, must not have liked high school too much, huh? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't. Right, I, I, I wouldn't doubt that. Well, mm-hmm. did you grow up in a Christian home, or were you guys not going to church, or what was the story there? No, um, I, uh, I went to church for, like, Christmas and Easter. Um, it was a Catholic church. I went with my grandparents once in a great while. Um, okay. I visited other churches with my friends uh, at their Sunday school. But no, I never really, I never knew Jesus. I thought that God may have existed, but the thought kind of dwindled as I got older. So right, he was okay. not in my life. Okay. Well, um, uh, you finally uh, got through your uh, high school days. And, uh, uh, I did. I guess you, yeah, yeah, I guess you uh, went off and tried a little bit of college. Why don't you, uh, yeah. Why don't you tell us a little oh. bit about that? How'd that go? That was a party in itself. That's where I discovered alcohol and drugs for the first time. Um, It's where I learned how those things could make me feel better. They made me feel more confident, and I could be the life of the party. People could like me, Um, and it also covered up all the feelings that I stored away ever since the very beginning pretty much of my life since the cousin thing, so right. so I lost myself in that. I lost myself in boys. Um, well, you you weren't, uh, alcohol was a real issue in high school. It, you, not at all, not right, at all. Right, exactly. So, I yeah. mean, you go to college, what, just all of a sudden it just happens, or what? Yeah, yeah, I would say I sat and um, I drank with the boys. I didn't like the taste, but I just kind of went along with it and wanted to feel a part of something, so I kept drinking, and... Um, they're just, I don't know what happened, but there was a switch somewhere where I just didn't want to put it down. So I started looking for it every day and started trying to find people to buy it for me because I was still, you know, not of age yet. Right. Well, I'm sure so that's uh, pretty I, common uh, in college. Yeah. I started drinking every day. Well, the alcohol, uh-huh, the alcohol killed the pain basically for you, I guess, is what's usually the situation. Yeah. But the it alcohol did. is usually it's not the problem, uh, or at least the problem. It's a problem, but not the real problem. You kind of explained, I think, a little bit about this uh, cousin and whatnot, what the real problem was. But we all use, exactly. you know, we all use alcohol or some other habit of some sort to cover pain or something that we're trying to deal with. But uh, so, how long were you in in college? Only for half a year, and um, half a year. Okay. I dropped out. I kind of, I gave up. I was diagnosed with chronic depression, put on some medication, went home, took my addiction with me, and um, just just actually for a while I didn't do anything. I just stayed up uh, playing on the internet at all, all hours of the night, getting really drunk, like blackout drunk every single night. Well, when you say you went back home, you, you went back home to your parents? Yes. Okay, so you're living with your parents, and you know, do they know you're drinking? Yes. Uh I don't think they realize the extent of it. Okay. But well, yeah. so how long did you just stayed by your? Did you meet a guy at some point, or you just stayed by yourself? I did. Oh. Yeah. Eventually, um, eventually, um, I started working, 
and I met up with an old friend from high school, and we ended up getting married, uh, I would say, after five years of five years of dating. You dated for five years before you got married? Yeah. Actually, I wouldn't call it dating. I would call it partying. We did al- uh-huh. we drank alcohol, did drugs together all the time. He was, he was just like me. <laughs> so oh, yeah? okay. we got along quite well. Uh, when that's all we did was just drink all the time. Well, he's he's drugs. the one that uh, started causing problems for you later because you married yeah. him. So he, he's the husband, I guess we're talking about. So, what about those five years? Didn't didn't he give you any any? Oops, sorry. Any indication that uh, there was uh, some issues there? Or? There was. There was. Um, there was a point in time when I was living with him in an apartment, and we. We were fighting. He ended up not working for a while, um, and he'd start getting really mean. Um, I know he, he pushed me down a few times, and his words and actions were starting to get scary. I ended up leaving to go back with my parents for a little bit until we talked, and he said that he would change, yeah. and I believed him, and that was the first time that ever happened. And so I went back with him. Okay. And things kind of calmed down for a little bit, and that's when we decided to get married. Okay. All right. Well, so you uh, got married, and uh, kids involved, or what's going on there? Yeah, we ended up having three little girls. Okay. Yeah. Um, and for a moment, I thought that having children would change us. Yeah. I thought that maybe we would calm down, we'd stop drinking, we'd you know, have a normal life, but it didn't happen that way. Actually, it got a lot worse, and I ended up, um, I ended up drinking an awful lot um, between my second and third child, and mm-hmm. uh, so, and so did Tyler. Mm-hmm. Like nothing ever got better. <laughs> right, I got you. When you first got. Mary, you told me something about uh, uh, an abortion at some point. Is that uh, mm-hmm. was that before you got married? Oh yeah, after? that was right before we got married. Okay. Um, we I ended up getting pregnant, and uh, we decided we weren't ready to be parents. So I got an abortion. Okay, so that, that happened before that. Before you got married, and then you kind of saw mm-hmm. some signs, but uh, he said that uh, you know he's going to change. So you thought, okay, well this this might be okay. So you got. You got going on that now. I know you're staying at home, and you know just having kids usually doesn't you know make you drink more than. Well, besides the, um, had you kept this thing with your cousin bottled up inside of you all this time? You had, had you talked to people about it? I told some people about it. I even told my husband about it at the time, but. I was still in denial of the feelings that were inside. I never dealt with those. And I never got the reaction I wanted anyway. Maybe I was trying to use it for for attention because that was one thing I was good at was seeking attention. Okay. Um, Well, that kind of explains some of your stress and and your pain. I mean, if you have that, you you have the... the lost baby we have uh the abuse type thing coming up now you have three kids you're at home how how was your husband after you know the first couple kids and has is your husband starting to turn a little bit or what's going on now yeah 
yeah, that uh, when I when I had my second child, um, I was starting to get overwhelmed, and he wouldn't help me. Um, he said that it was my job to take care of the house and kids, his job to go to work, which, you know, I understand to a point, but he didn't help at all around the house. And um, so I just started drinking more. It was the only way for me to keep moving because if I was caught resting at all, he would tell me I was lazy, I wasn't doing enough, he would scream at me. Um, so you're taking some mental mental abuse as well as physical, huh? Very much, oh. uh, very much mental, uh, verbal. Let's see, he would, gosh, I've got a few things that he's, he's told me a few things that you wouldn't, I never looked at as, um, as verbal abuse until, until I got clean and, yeah. uh, and realized it. Um, he would tell me that, Oh, here's one, like gaslighting. If you've ever heard of what gaslighting mm-hmm. is, yeah. you do some, do or say something terrible um, if I would catch him doing something, and he would deny it. He would act like it didn't happen. It would make me question myself. Yeah. I thought I was going crazy. In fact, um, a lot of things that he would tell me, uh, I was listening to last week's call with Stacy and she said something that made me think she said I it made me wonder what I was doing wrong Uh, a lot of things he mm -hmm. said to me made me wonder what was wrong with me why am I going crazy yeah I've heard that a lot from from my wife too all right yeah well Um, you I I guess so after a while you have the third kid you guys are still together Uh, you told me at some point that you uh, actually were led to Christ so is that kind of in this area here? Or, or yeah. Okay. Um, what, what right happened? before my third child. Right before oh, my third okay. child. Uh, I, or it was right after my third child. Um, I drank while I was pregnant with her, and I ended up feeling a lot of shame and guilt and wanted to change my life. I was ready to put this stuff down. So I was able to stay sober for two months. Uh, we had a, a mutual friend that went to church, asked if I was saved. Um, I didn't understand much about it, but if it meant that I could, you know, change, um, I went ahead and I asked Jesus into my life, um, still not fully understanding it, and I went to their church, Mm -hmm. I started serving, but then I started hearing the voices in my head telling me that it was okay to go back to drinking, that I could handle it now. Oh, yeah, I the famous, I can it. handle it. Yes, yes, I've heard mm-hmm. that many times. So I started believing I could handle it. Well, and so then, and, I, I'm, I, you know, it always happens that when you go back, you don't just start off with a couple beers and work your way up. It, go, it comes right back to where you left off and then gets worse from there. Is that what happened to you? Absolutely. Yep, yep, um, it ended up being the worst. Right drunk of my life I I would black out every single night Um, like it didn't take me long to get drunk either like it it was terrible I didn't remember putting myself or my children to bed Um, I I didn't remember anything I couldn't handle anything my body would convulse if I didn't have it so I needed it it was a really scary time all right well you you, so you ended up in a inpatient or something Right after that, I guess, after the alcohol got real bad, how, tell me Actually, about that. Actually, um, 
my ex-husband introduced me to meth, crystal meth. Uh And I did that for another eight months. And then that's when um, his side of the family brought over an intervention and offered treatment to us, inpatient treatment. Okay. Did you make it all the way through that? Did did either of you make it through all that? Oh, yeah. I did. I made it through the 30 days inpatient. He left halfway through. Um, I wanted recovery. I wanted to change. So I I started off going to NA meetings, and I ended up finding a Celebrate Recovery through an old family friend, and I started going to that, and it was there that I started learning more about who Jesus was because all I understood was God was my higher power. I didn't understand why people kept talking so highly about Jesus until I realized that Jesus was actually God in flesh. I had no idea. And um, it was then I realized that he was my true higher power, and I understood what he did for me. So when you accepted Christ, you you knew you had done something, but you hadn't really committed yourself at that point. But when you got into CR, the things kind of changed, and you realized how much that he could do for you and became more of a relationship, I guess, right? That plus, I didn't understand spiritual warfare. Right. Well, I you, didn't understand when you're uh, yeah when you're a newbie you know. newbie Christians. You know they're they're uh, right. prime candidates for uh, Satan to attack, and that's what he obviously did to you. Well, what uh, so the abuse went on through all this time that you're doing all that. Your husband he leaves out of the rehab early, so he's obviously not ready to change or do anything. But uh, then at some point, did you? I mean, you guys aren't together now, so. What happened? Did no. you just, all of a sudden you... No. What happened? Um, at one point, um, after going back and forth, I wanted to stay with him. I wanted things to work out, but he kept going back to our drug of choice. And um, I couldn't live like that anymore. And he was never going to change. Although I kept really wanting that to happen. So during that time, um, he would go to jail because I put in a... Um, a restraining order against him that he would that he would ignore and during the time in jail he told me he would change and he was really sorry so I went ahead and let him back and for an entire year of that um, I put myself and my children through a lot of pain by that constant him causing a lot of problems I would make him leave he would tell me he's sorry I just want anyone who's listening that is going through something similar, do not let that person, man or woman, back. They're not going to change unless they put action to it, and and that takes time. They're not going to do it right away. That's one of the biggest things is with something like that. You know, I I never talk about, uh, you know, or give any sort of advice about getting divorced or breaking up with anyone or anything like that. You just got to be safe, you know, if if you're out of the situation to where you're not going to get hurt then that person may change, but they're going to have to want to change. You're going to have to see some proof of it. My, my wife didn't trust me. Really. I, she was suspicious for a long time. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And it, it took me a long time before she finally started thinking, okay, well, I think he's really on track. I mean, you, the person has to make some sort of commitment and, and prove to you that he's going the right or she is going the right direction, you know, and because uh, you got to you got to regain that trust, you know, before you do it. If, if you just keep jumping back into it with with shallow promises, that's that's what happens. And sounds like I mean, you, you are definitely not 
the only person I've talked to a lot a lot of people in the last few weeks you know for for setting up these interviews and that type of thing and I it's almost the same story every single time it's amazing mm. but tell people yeah. you went to celebrate recovery you finally got going and you start going to ride your eggs. just kind of tell the, the people in a nutshell what recovery has done to you when we talked early you, you said that it gave you freedom which is a big mm. word so celebrate recovery gave you free freedom from what well, uh, let me uh, let me start with this quickly. Um, in the beginning, I would go to a step study group. It was there that I found that all the lies that my abusive husband told me about myself were actually false, and that I actually was loved, and um, that I actually wasn't a terrible person. Not everything was my fault. Um, I am worthy. I people do like me. Like all these things started. Um, all this truth started like flowing in me and uh, I broke free from all of those lies, all of the lies of uh, just rejection and hate and, and hating myself. I learned in that step study how to forgive myself along with forgiving him, forgiving my cousin and um, many other hurtful things. Um, and from there I I was able to file for divorce, move on with my life with my three children. I'm now a single mom with three kids, doing this thing on my own, and um, I'm going to recovery today to celebrate recovery to help other women just like me. And nice. what recovery's done for me, goodness, is more than I could ever have thought or dreamed. I used to be such a quiet, scared, shy person but God has called me to be a leader. So he's raising me up to be a leader in my Celebrate Recovery group, in my place of work, um, and just blowing my mind with how he has, he has changed me. That's, um, that's great. I mean, that's kind of my the things my that I can do now, yeah. yeah. I mean, I look I, back on know, my walking life. Walking through those fears. Yeah, I, I look back on my life, I think, well, what in the world, how could he use me for anything? And here I am talking to you on the, on the radio. You know, it's just amazing what he can do. Well, I'll tell you oh what, God, uh, yes. Shannon, that was uh, really nice talking to you today. I'm sure there's going to be people out there that are thinking the exact same thing that you went through. And it's nice to put yourself out there. And hopefully uh, all, all the folks out there that, that hear the same things in your head that you're hearing Shannon say, um, get to celebrate recovery. I mean, that's uh, or get somewhere. We, we, you know, there's counselors. There's, you know, what we have uh, intervention stuff on our website. I mean, it's do something. But Celebrate Recovery is, is one thing that I believe in because it's helped so many people. And every person we talk to on this show kind of gives the same type of up and down story. And the, the up is always at the end when, when, they, uh, when, they, get, uh, when they flip. And, and Shannon's flip didn't come until the very end when she was really involved in, in Celebrate Recovery. And finally she realized what, uh, what, what, what it was all about. So thank you so much, Shannon. And uh, we appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, one big takeaway, I think, from today is that uh, we can say that it's not all your fault. And that's what uh, most of us believe in this situation is that we've, we're told it's our fault. And uh, um, we just go along. If you've told something so many times, you start to believe it. Well, uh, Shannon, I mean, she went through years of telling her, herself that it was her fault. And, it, and she wasn't good enough. She was mired in depression. And um, now, just because her story involved alcohol and drugs at one point that doesn't make her any different from from you folks that don't drink 
I mean, some of you folks are in the same abusive situation, but uh, maybe there's no alcohol involved, but there's narcissism and all kinds of things that are going on. And you're stuck in the same abusive situation, you know, whether it's sexual or mental or physical. The pain's the same. You, you just choose other ways to deal with it. Um, you, maybe you don't drink, but you do some other habit or, you know, something that's damaging to you. Uh, you're still being controlled and manipulated. You're, you're, uh, somebody's telling you that you're no good and you're pathetic and everything's your fault. You need to change yourself and learn not to believe these lies that you hear. Uh, Shannon realized that after she accepted Jesus and gave her life to God. Um, he is a, a power greater than ourselves, and, and he can change your life too, give you a chance. Uh, Celebrate Recovery is the place to meet other people in your same situation. I say when you go there, you're going to find somebody that has the exact same problem. So go to Celebrate Recovery. You know, it, it'll do you some good. There's a locator on our website at uh, newendings.online. You can go there and uh, click on the locator. They'll find it for you. There's an online counseling that you can get on. Click on that. And, uh, uh, you know, you, there, just do something. But, but find a CR, in my opinion, and, and get out there. And for you uh, uh, men out there, just think what you're doing. Just like I said last week. You're doing, doing the wrong thing. you got to find some other way to, to get things over. So as usual, we end the show with the uh, serenity prayer. So I'll do that for you. Uh, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, Trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. My name's Darren, and this is New Endings.